Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. It's, it's, it's time to talk that talk, and we talk it like no one else. This is the stinking truth. Now, here's your host, Mark Schlereth. Hey, welcome in to Stink Truth Podcast, the leftovers edition of the Stink Truth Podcast. For Mike, I am Mark, and uh, I was in Detroit this weekend for Chicago versus the Lions, uh, Bears, Lions, and I tell you what, what a what an incredible game! Just an unbelievable game between uh, two uh, NFC North rivals. Yeah, it was it was a fun game. I got a chance to to watch some of it, and uh, it. it you got a Lions team now, Mark, that's eight and two, that is doing things that hasn't happened since JFK was president. Mm-hmm. Remarkable. Right. And the fact that they were down 26-14, at one point ESPN analytics had Chicago a 98% favorite wow. to win the game with about four plus minutes left in the game. So the fact that Detroit came back to win, is that all that matters? Is that what grabs your attention? Or the fact that they struggled? With Chicago so much at home, yeah. What's the bigger takeaway? No, I like for me the bigger takeaway is to have four fifteen left. You haven't had opportunity to produce offensively because you haven't possessed the ball at all. You've turned it over four times within the game. You're down. You know, time of possession wise, the end of the game was forty minutes and change to nineteen minutes and change, and yet you had the resilient nature to be able to overcome all those things that had happened to you and put a couple of drives together was, to me, absolutely amazing. And the one thing, you know, that Dan Campbell had said, I I was asking Dan about, you know, facing Justin Fields. And I go, like, what do you think? First off, what do you think they're going to do? Because, you know, all the talk is they've got to make a decision in Chicago. Is it going to be Fields? Are they going to draft a quarterback? Looks like they'll get the number one overall pick because they've got Carolina's pick. They've got a number, 
you know they've got a, a number a, a second rounder as well i mean they have they are they are chock full of draft picks and and potential and so i said you know are are you going to see if he can play a more traditional style of quarterback like what do you think you're going to get and he, and he goes Justin Fields is a weapon and they're going to use him in that fashion that's that's their like he goes if i was a coach i'm i don't care what you're going to do next year i'm trying to win a football game if i was their coach and that's exactly how i would use him and of course then i talked to Matt Eberflus the coach of the Chicago Bears he goes no no he's 100% go and he is going to be it's going to be all out quarterback design runs, quarterback rollout, quarterback this. I mean, it's all dependent upon Justin Fields. And Dan Campbell said, hey, man, in our meeting, goes, the thing that keeps me up at night is that dude running around. That keeps me up at night because he is incredible. And I thought Chicago came out in that game plan and executed to perfection with their zone read stuff, you know, where they're flagging that ball into the belly of the running back. They're either handing it off or Justin Fields keeping it around the edge. Like they were, they executed their game plans. They changed the launch points, got Justin Fields outside the pocket. They just did, they did so many things that were so hard for Detroit to defend. And even at one point, Detroit starts playing to make Justin Fields hands the ball, hand the ball off. So the, those defensive ends are not crashing or pinching on that exchange point. They're just standing out there going, hand it to them. Like, we'll give up the four-yard run so we don't give up the 20-yard explosion, right. right? And even then, Justin Fields still pulled the ball sometime and made the defensive ends miss. They just couldn't tackle him. So I really looked at it more like what was what was brilliant to me is to sit down with 4.15 left and three timeouts and say we need two touchdown drives because it's a two-score game. And to be able to put that together, Mike, and come away with those two touchdown drives down 26-14 at the time and to put those two drives together um, was incredible. And what, what really resonated with me is you had an offensive coordinator that understood the situation, understood the time on the clock, and was patient in setting up an explosive. And what I mean by that is they ran the ball. In, in, in the first drive, they ran the ball. They threw the underneath stuff. They made, like, and they kept getting, you know, 12-yard chunks, 16-yard chunks, 10-yard chunks, and they made the Chicago Bears play them. And then they get Jamison Williams over the top. Um, for a big time touchdown, then they come back. They get a th- they 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 stop Chicago. Uh, they get the ball back, and even in that drive, they they had their time. They still ran the ball. They still, I mean, they they were they were doing things that like I think a normal offense coordinator, the majority of offense coordinators, would have just absolutely shit canned any of the game plan, any of the run game. Basically saying, oh, we don't have time. We got to throw it every down. We got to. And and that's what impressed me the most. And I think one of the things that was was really interesting is understand that Jared Goff, most of what they do as an offense, trying to get kind of quote quote unquote premium plays, is run at the line of scrimmage where Jared Goff is in control based on the defensive look that they get. And I'm not saying that it's like the whole playbook to him, but there's four or five things that he can check to on any given play. And um, and 
he does a phenomenal job with that stuff. And Goff shook off what had been plaguing him earlier, and that's you look for these signs that right. Detroit's legit, that Goff is legit. Yeah, and the way that he was able to bounce back, yeah, was, shows you something. Uh, yeah, I made a, a point on my, like two of the picks were just unfortunate circumstance. One, they're running a man-to-man cover; they're getting a blitz, right? And you're you're replacing the blitzer with the ball, so they're bringing a linebacker, you know, off the edge, and they're running basically a slant flat combination. So the back comes out of the backfield and running the flat, and the tight ends running the slant. And the the safety Brisker is running to cover the back, and as he's running to cover the back, he runs into the tight end who's running the slant, and the cornerback is behind him, kind of in trail, and so Goff is just thrown to an open window, right? He's thrown to that window, expecting that tight end to come into that window and catch the ball. He gets bam picked off, and. The DB is like, oh, thank you. I'll take that ball, right? And so that was one pick. The other pick was a tip ball, um, and then one was just a really, uh, just a really exceptional play by T.J. Edwards, who was, who was really cheating, it, cheating his drop. You know, you, you think you're going to drop to a certain depth and a certain outside kind of level, and as Jared Goff got off the front side, got to the backside, man, he just followed him across the ball, and so. Um, I thought that was a. I thought that was more of a defensive play, but yeah, to be able to overcome, to be able to have four turnovers, no time of possession, to have you know, to have as as a quarterback, you you turn that ball over and, and still have the wherewithal to shake that off and be like, hey, no big deal. I'm going to go out here and make plays. I think that's a pretty. I think that's pretty big time by Jared Goff. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. So we call this the leftovers, stuff that maybe didn't get out during uh-huh. the course of the broadcast. Anything from your your conversations with Detroit personnel, players, coaches, all the stuff you got on that board there that uh, Lions fans would find interesting? Yeah, I think um, I think in regards to Chicago, I think one of the things that was interesting, you know, you got to ask the question. It Justin feels like yeah. you hear the no- you hear all the noise, right? And you know, what do you think? And Justin was, I mean, he was great. He was like, yeah, I, I hear it. I understand it. Ain't nothing I can do about it. And ultimately, you know, you're going to go out there and, and I'm paraphrasing, you're going to go out there and try to make them have a tough decision. And if they decide to move on, then hey, there's nothing I can do about what they do in the front office. All I have to do is go out there and play, play hard and, and, you know, and, and give my team a chance to win and play for my guys. And, um, and I, I appreciate that about kind of where he is in his career right now. And, you know, it's it's interesting. And I don't know, I mean, just pure speculation on my part. Um, I love what he did in that game. I really do. I mean, he was a, a, a damn competitor, ripped his fingernail open, and it was bleeding all over the place. And like a damn competitor and an unbelievable athlete. And he made one deep ball to uh, – to DJ Moore, that was a great throw, and all that stuff, Mike. All that stuff being said, 
that style of offense I don't believe is sustainable. I just don't believe you're going to sustain that long term, right? And if and, and again, I'm just speculating here because I haven't had any conversations with anybody within that organization. Mm-hmm. But if you if you were sold on him being your quarterback, I'll ask you this: If you were sold on him being your quarterback going into the future, would you continue to play him that way at three and seven, now three and eight? Or are you basically saying, hey, we'll try to get some wins with you. We'll 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 let you play this style of, of offense, but we've already made our decision. Like, I don't know. I don't know what the answer to that question is. But I mean Because that's the question I think that any Bears fan watching this right now right. would love to know. Did did you get any sense being around the Bears this weekend? There's a good chance they're gonna end up with the number one pick. So Correct. did you get any sense of are they prepared to continue to ride with Justin and go get a Marvin Harrison? Mm-hmm. Or are they prepared to move off from fields and draft Caleb Williams or somebody, Drake May? Yeah, I don't like I really honestly, Mike, I don't I don't get a sense. I got a sense from talking to Eberflus and everybody in, in that organization. They're just trying to win a game. Mm. Like, that's all that the coaches are worried about. And I think Eberflus is in the same situation. Yeah. I mean, you know, ultimately, does he really know what they're going to do in the front office? Probably not. Um, And so, what is this, his second year? I think the last time the Bears haven't gotten a coach to the third year was when they had Tressman hired. So, like, I don't know. I I honestly don't know what they're going to do. I think... I think Justin Fields, like in the in the role that he played against Detroit, man, that is that is so incredibly tough to defend, um, and he is exceptional in that role. But again, NFL football, can you survive long term? The other part that you have to understand is you don't have another quarterback that can do that, like in the college game. When you have that style of offense, you recruited three other quarterbacks mm-hmm. that are all five-star recruits. So one guy goes down, you bring in another guy. You know, you decide Jalen Hurts not your guy, you bring in Tua. You, like, there's there's a difference. You don't have a dude that can do what he does, right? You you just don't. And so, I, I don't know, man. I, I just, so I'm perplexed. All right, so boil it down. Okay. Justin Fields is playing quarterback what kind of way now? And what does he have to show he can do to be the answer? What what's the disconnect? What well, I, where's he at now? Where does he need to be in terms of right. stylistically speaking? Well, you know, again, I think this is I think this is the dilemma of like where where you are as an organization with you know how you grow a quarterback into like what Lamar. You know, running the ball with Lamar Jackson and doing the things with Lamar, how do you get to the next level where you can sit in the pocket and drop back 30 times and not not have design QB runs? And you still want to do some boot keep game. You still want to do that stuff, but it's about protecting your quarterback. And when he's out there in the open field as a runner, he has no quarterback protection. And, you know, a lot of people that run this style of offense – We'll tell you, John Harbaugh once told me, well, he, he probably takes as many 
hits or maybe even bigger hits sitting in the pocket than he has out there running around. Yeah, that's true until it's not true. And <laughs> that's true until, you know, Justin Fields gets tackled in the open field, scrambled around and jams his thumb. And he said he had a little short thumb, like it, it went into the, his thumb went, they dislocated here and went into the socket. And so, you know, it was just like your fingernail is, you got half your thumb, right? I mean, and again, can that happen when you're in the pocket? Sure, it can happen. But it's more likely to happen when three guys pile on top of you after you've run the football. And so, like, I don't know about sustainability. And, and as far as, you know, it, since we're just kind of hashing it out here, um, let's move over, to, move over to Detroit. Like, Detroit, I think, I think here's what sets them apart. I think it's Dan Campbell's authenticity, who he is, and how his team responds to that authenticity. I've been over to Detroit's facility um, when, you know, Patricia was coaching, mm -hmm. and it there was an air of misery. <laughs> yeah. People want to be in that building. Yeah. Players want to be in there. Coaches want to be in there. PR people want to be in there. Everybody wants to be in that facility. And Dan Campbell, like talent on offense, they've got they've got talent. But make no bones about it. That team is all about toughness. That team is all about physicality. That team is about thunder punching you in the teeth and then saying, now what? And you know, even defensively, I would tell you that they're probably not as talented as they'd like to be on the defensive side of the ball. But they are as tough as anybody. And and Justin Fields said this, and I thought it was really interesting. Asking him about Detroit's defense. And he said, he goes, you can tell on film the culture of that organization is unbelievable. And you can tell on film that um, that they fly around they hit people, and they are like 100% bought in, and that is that's pretty amazing. You know, real, real quick, last thought about about Dan Campbell. Yeah. I, I I just think it's remarkable because when when this guy got the job and he mm -hmm. talked about biting kneecaps, yeah. Let's face it, he was kind of looked upon as kind of a a joke, kind of a right. you know, this guy's a meathead type yeah. thing. You know, who how's 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 anybody going to take him seriously yeah. when he's up there? You know, talking like that, but yet it's amazing how things have have changed to the point where, you know, that's one of those coaches that players want to play for. He's got a tree that's developing now yeah. that some of his assistants are probably going to get a chance to be a head coach. I, I just think it's uh, yeah. one of the more remarkable turnarounds when you consider how he was first perceived right. by the NFL world right. when he got yeah. that job. Ben Johnson, his offensive coordinator, is going to be a head yeah. coach, and he probably be one this off season. Right. Um, and Dan Campbell, it's funny, I was talking to John Fox, and I'll leave it with this, talking to Johnny John Fox, who was a head coach for the Carolina Panthers, Chicago Bears, the Denver Broncos. Um, Foxy's a, a great guy, and Foxy said, well, you know, we had Dan Campbell when he was a player with the Giants, and I was, he was a D.C. at the time, you know, and he's like, Dan Campbell is exactly who he was as a player, man. Authentic. People love to be around him. Um, I do. They, they just love to be around him. And 
They're tough, man. One thing about them, the way they practice, everything, the way they practice, they hit each other in practice, it is not It is not the way the majority of the NFL operates. There's an old-school nature that they take pride in in Detroit. They really do. And they walk in that facility, and they know they're going to they're gonna go after each other a little bit. There's a comp- there's a competitive nature to it, if you will. Um, I just I find it fascinating, man. I I I really like them. I think you know defensively there there's some shortcomings there that are are going to catch them. I think they need another pass rusher. They went out and got Bruce Irving, um, uh, just a week ago or so on the practice squad. You know, I know he's 36, but um, there's some there's some issues there that uh, that they've got to overcome. But boy, I love their competitiveness, and I love what Chicago did in this game, man. It's going to be a great rematch, uh, week 14. Great rematch, should be fun. Yep. All right, buddy. Hey, for everybody involved in the Stink Truth podcast, the leftovers, we appreciate you guys. Um, all the all the markets there in Chicago and Detroit. Thank you so much. Uh, for downloading us, checking us out. Make sure you shoot us a note, uh, like the video, uh, subscribe, please. Uh, For everybody involved, for Mike, I'm Mark. We'll talk to you guys next week.